question. Are you going to take a shot or not? Are you going to take a shot or not? I want to preach today on the subject, Heaven's Vaccine for a Deadly Disease. Heaven's Vaccine for a Deadly Disease. I talked with the head nurse at Emory University yesterday. Here's what he told me about the at least two shots, Moderna and Pfizer. One, of course, was uh, originated in Turkey, Pfizer, and another in Morocco. At any rate, there's both pros and cons concerning the vaccine. And here's what he told me. He scheduled you to take it tomorrow. Of course, he's a head nurse, keep in mind. He said that right now the real question is how long the vaccine will last. The vaccine will be seen as to the duration. But I want to tell you today there are four vaccines I think the Holy Ghost wants to give you and me to inoculate us during this time of the year. And I hope you'll encourage somebody to join in and listen with us. These four vaccines that I think are very absolutely essential for every one of God's children. And we're going to see the four vaccines. Vaccine number one, will you let Jesus, will you give Jesus room in your heart and your home this Christmas and in 2021, if the Lord tarries? Number one, will you give Jesus room in your heart and in your home in 2021 and yea, even Christmas time? We'll see that very clearly described in Luke's gospel, chapter 2. Number two, and don't worry about writing them down right now. I'll get them on the screen in just a moment in case you don't get them. Number two, will you give Jesus the government of your heart and home this Christmas and in 2021? Will you give him the government of your heart and your home in 2021 and at Christmas time. We'll see that again explained articulately through Isaiah, the prophet of old, namely chapter 9. Number three, there's a third vaccine that the Lord wants us to take this year, and it's not only will we, watch this, give Jesus room in our heart and our home for Christmas and 2021. And not only will we give him the government of our heart and our home in 2021 and in Christmas, but number three, will we let him guide us with his light? Will we let him guide us with his light in our heart and in our home this Christmas and 2021? And then finally, we'll see that, by the way, in the Gospel of Matthew, that great narrative of what took place 2,000 years ago. There's a fourth and final vaccine that we're going to consider today that every one of us need to get inoculated. And it's this, number four, will you 
and me get ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ this Christmas and 2021. I want to invite you now as we grab our Bibles, turn to, first of all, the passage found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Find Luke's Gospel, look at verse 2, or rather chapter 2. This is a very, very familiar passage, but I feel like this time of the year, the Lord seemed to lead us to this very familiar passage, but uh, I think uh, that God's going to speak to us through some uh, detailed information in this Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. In Luke's Gospel, number one, will you give Jesus room in your heart and in your home? this Christmas, and in 2021. You're very familiar with Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and we'll begin in verse 1. If you'd like to stand, I'm just going to read periodically, and so I, won't, I might just go ahead and read the whole text if you're going to stand. Verse 1, And it came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, the word decree is the word ordinance, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius, the governor of Syria, and all, notice all, went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. By the way, Mary was too, and that's why she went. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Keep in mind, she had other children too. You do know that, don't you? And not the same way uh, with the impregnation of the Holy Ghost, but nonetheless, she had other children. Her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the end. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, watching, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for I bring, behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which to all people, for unto you, is born this day, yes, in the city of David, a Savior, hallelujah, which is Christos, the Kurios, Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the Mashiach. And you shall find the babe. This will be a sign for you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swollen clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with that angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said unto them, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, notice, they went and made known, underline that word known, abroad the things which were told to them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered to those things which were told of them by the shepherds. But Mary 
kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for incarnation. Thank you for even crucifixion and resurrection and ascension and revelation as you will in return one glorious day. Oh, we bless you today for another day to worship you, to be encouraged to hear and follow the Holy Spirit of God as you speak to our heart through your infallible, inerrant, unbreakable word. Oh, Lord, we're hungry for you today. We're thirsty. We're needy people, and we're... Uh, Father, thank you that you called us for days such as this. I pray for our sweet people here at New Rocky Creek and people listening abroad all over. Lord, you'll strengthen us in our inner being, that our faith would be refined and that our vision would be clearer and that our passion to know you would become more and more real and that the lost would not only hear the good news as we go and tell, but they would see the good news, the difference, and the change you've made in every one of us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We will thank you, Jesus, again for your love, your forgiveness of our sins. And I bless you and love you because of your great love for me. I pray for blessings on every family here. Lord, some discouraged, some depressed, some maybe grieving, some, Lord, searching, and some, dear Lord, just rejoicing in their heart because of the great things you've done. And we, Father, don't know what the future might hold, but we know you hold the future, and we trust you by faith because the best indeed is yet to come. Hallelujah. And when all said and done today, we pray for souls to come to experience saving grace, cleansing power, and a new life in Christ Jesus. And then, Lord, us who name the name of Jesus, we pray we'll go rejoicing, refreshed, rejuvenated, revived, and with a, a Lord uh, more determined will to serve you, make a difference, leaving this world different than when we came into it. For your glory we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Can I carry you through this number one? Will you give Jesus room in your heart this Christmas and in your home this Christmas and 2021? I want to, first of all, describe to you this narrative that the physician, the historian Luke, is led by the Holy Spirit to pen. He said, first of all, I want you to consider of me the providential authority. It came to pass in those days that Caesar Augustus sent out a decree, an ordinance that all the world should be taxed. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me give you the modern day version. It came to pass that Vice President-elect Joe Biden sent out a decree that all America should be taxed, including the middle class. By the way, we need to pray for whoever's president, amen? 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. By the way, do you know who Caesar Augustus was? 
Scholars tell us that he was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. Why in the world did he send out a tax during this time? Well, because many believe, and I personally believe, that he was building an army. He's building a military. That's exactly what he's doing. Now, see, the providential authority. God uses a leader, Caesar Augustus. Why? To accomplish his plan and his purpose. Isn't that good news today? Hey, look up here. Aren't you glad that God can use whoever's in the White House to accomplish his will? Hallelujah. He does it right here. Here's a obvious proof. The Lord did do that indeed. And so now we move from this providential authority to the prophetical accuracy. Joseph and Mary, again, I wondered why are they leaving Nazareth and going down to Bethlehem? For example, if you were to move from Eudora or Mansfield or Monticello and move down to Florida and all of that, you would probably pay taxes wherever you move. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about. I love that little poem. I'm sorry, but I couldn't help but to think of it. Taxes. Taxes land. Taxes wage. Tax the bed upon which he lays. Taxes tractor. Taxes mule. Teaching taxes are the rule. Taxes cow. Taxes goat. Taxes pants. Taxes coat. If he hollers, tax him more. Tax him till he's good and sore. And then when he's dead, listen. Put on his tomb. Taxes drove me to my doom. When he's dead, he can't relax. Then they're going to go after inheritance tax, all right? So, hey, it is what it is. But Mary and Joseph both were connected, listen, to David. Did you know that? And David, that is their ancestral lineage. That's why they traveled 85 miles. Again, they're in the uh, geographical area of Galilee, uh, the place called Nazareth where the Lord Jesus grew up. However, they had to travel not six miles north, which was another Bethlehem, we've noted before, but rather past Jerusalem, past over in the west coast, Tel Aviv, past Jordan, to a little bitty peasant place called Bethlehem. House of bread. I'll tell you what, beloved, I could not help but to reminisce. I had the privilege of standing right in that very place a few years ago, and I was overtaken with emotions as I stood on the fields of Bethlehem uh, with about 50 people from our group, and the guide said, Pastor Randy, will you lead us in prayer? I was kind of not necessarily expecting that, but the Lord moved on my heart, and I'll never forget kneeling down and thanking our great God in heaven that he sent his son to be born, to die for my sins and your sins and the sins of the whole world. And I stood there and grabbed some of the gravel there and thought, oh, this is a Kodak moment, a precious moment. Yes, will you give Jesus room in your heart? Why did they go to Bethlehem and find a manger, a stable, a cave? Because there was no room for them in the end. We moved from the providential authority to the prophetical accuracy and then the problematic 
hostility. No room. No room. This old world doesn't have room for Jesus. Hey, y'all listen to me. This time of the year, people will get religious, but I hope you got more than religion today. I hope you got a relationship with the living God. People will get all sentimental about the lights and the festivities and, and the music and all this religious activity this time of the year, and I love it as well. But, brother, it ought to last all year. Sister, it ought to be all year long, not just a seasonal Christianity. Well, I want you to note a couple of things about this first giving Jesus room in your heart. Will you give him room to be your sin cleanser? Will you? I'm preaching to every single person in this place today. It doesn't matter if you are a Christian or not a Christian. All of us need cleansing every day. All of us need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. Now listen, after we've been saved, there's not a debate about whether I need to get resaved or not if you're really sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. I know that everybody says they're saved, not really saved, but I'll tell you, when you really get born again, Jesus comes in, the devil gets out, and uh, there's not a need to repeat that because Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That's John chapter 10 and verse 27 and 28. And John further writes in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11 and 12 and 13. He said, this is the record. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not the life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know, K-N-O-W, that you may know, K-N-O-W, you may know, K-N-O-W, you may know that you have eternal life. It's one thing to be saved. It's one thing to know you're saved. It's one thing to serve the Lord. Thank God he saved me by his marvelous grace, by his precious blood, with his unconditional love. We owe our Lord our life. He's been good to us. Yes, he has. And so, and so, Sin cleansing. Maybe there's somebody you today that John says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. First John 1 and 7. I love the story of that renowned professional boxer named George Foreman. Uh, the account says Mr. Foreman committed adultery. He went home, and by his own testimony, he felt guilty and dirty. He said he took his clothes and he threw them into the trash can, trying to rid him of the stains of sin. He jumped in the shower. He turned on the water. He got the soap, and he washed himself thoroughly. And yet he said inwardly, he still felt dirty. I want to tell you what soap can't do and what Ajax can't do. And thank God what Clorox can't do. The blood of Jesus can. Amen. It can make the vilest sinner clean. And you're here today and you're saying, will God forgive me? Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Jesus said, all that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I'm glad to tell you today, beloved, Jesus will take a nobody. He'll make him somebody. He'll 
I'll save anybody. That's why I want to tell everybody, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I didn't say, have you got religion? I didn't say, have you been baptized? I didn't say, are you a church member? I said, have you been to that fountain and washed in the clean, precious, cleansing blood, the precious blood, the redeeming blood, the overcoming blood? There's nothing like the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was born to die. Mary had a little lamb. And so, will you make room for Jesus this Christmas and in 2021, not only as a sin cleanser, but also as a mission sender? Did you hear that? Mission sender. You know, these shepherds, it was December. It was wintertime. They're out of the fields by night. And I won't go into all the details about those who mock Christianity and say, oh, there's no way Jesus could have been born December 25th. You Christians, y'all are following a bunch of hoopla and folklore. They just need to get in their Bible and study it better concerning not only Zechariah the prophet, but you can calculate when Mary was pregnant. You do the math yourself. That's another message for another time. I'll say this. The shepherds were out, professional, and they had to have sacrifices yearly, by the way, uh, in the temple. However, the shepherds all of a sudden are interrupted with this angel. Oh, and they were afraid. Yes, they were, but the angel said, fear not. Fear not, I bring you great tidings, good tidings of great joy for today in the city of David is the Savior, Christ the Lord. He, you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. What did they do? They made haste to where Jesus was at. I'm telling you today that will you give Jesus room in your heart and in your life, in your home, to be a mission sender. They went, they saw, and then I ask you to note, it said, and they went and told. The word told means to declare. They told the world what they had seen. Yes, a mission sender. I love what Jesus said. Listen, you know what Jesus said? Are you listening? He said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. We gather for worship. We scatter for witness. Go and tell. That's the shepherd's theme. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Oh, no. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's the only thing that will take a hell-deserving sinner and make him a saint, saved by the blood of the Lamb of God. The power of God is that Christ died for our sins and was buried and rose again. What's more powerful than a COVID-19 vaccine is the power of God. And what people need today is not only 70 years of life here and 80 years of life here, but they need eternal life in heaven. You got the vaccine. I said, you got the vaccine. Don't hold it back. Go and tell. Go and tell. 
There was a young man, I went to a restaurant this past week. I was really going to step in and get a drink, and it was in Covington, and I was going in the door, and a young man came out, and I looked at him, he looked at me, he said, I, I know you. And I said, well, you look kind of familiar. How many know that sometimes you can remember faces, you can't always remember names? Anyway, I knew I'd seen him somewhere along the line, and he began to tell me, he said, yeah, 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 what church are you at? I said, well, we're serving in church there in New Rocky Creek. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, Todd invited me to come to church, and I went to church with Todd, and I, my wheels began to turn. I said, Todd, let's see, Todd. Oh, yeah, 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 Todd Moss. Now I know who you're talking about. And I looked at him, and I said, well, great. We're glad you came. What's going on? He said, I'm 21 years old. I said, well, that's wonderful. I said, well, how are things going? Keep in mind, it's cold outside. The wind's blowing, and we're standing outside and talking, and his sister or somebody was waiting in the car for him. I said, I had a little window. I mean, sometimes we don't have much opening, but we've got to step into the divine appointment. Oh, yes. And I just happened to ask him, I said, by the way, are you a Christian? Have you been saved? Has there ever been a point in time in your life when you've asked the Lord Jesus, forgive you of your sins, put your faith in him? Have you ever done that? He said, well, I'll tell you the truth. And I said, I appreciate it. I want you to tell me the truth. He said, I like to read my Bible. I'm reading other you know, some uh, Latin and some other things. And he said, I really like the teachings of Jesus Christ. He said, to be honest with you, though, I have never really done what you're telling me about. Well, how many know that opened up a door of opportunity? Hallelujah. Now, he's in a hurry. And all the times he said, but I would like to talk with you about it. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, what did I say? He's fixing to leave. I said, wait a minute, just a second. Hold on, hold on. I said, well, here's what you got to ask. It's not only the teachings of Jesus, and it was not only the miracles of Jesus, but it was his death, it was his burial, it was his resurrection. It's his word whereby he changes our life. And I began to share with him just briefly about that, and time was ticking, and, and he said, yeah, I really want to talk with you about that. And, and I said, well, look, 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 look. You've got to make up your mind. Either Jesus was who he said he was, or he was not who he said he was. You've got to decide. A liar, a lunatic, a legend, a lord. He's a madman, a bad man, or the God man. Now, which one is he? And so he said, Ben, I really want to talk with you further about this. I'm just kind of studying this, and I could tell it, it, was, uh, it was an awakened sinner, not necessarily to the point of the flipping jailer, what must I do to be saved? But it was awakened to the fact there's a heaven and there's a hell. He was awakened to the fact that there was a living God. He was awakened to the fact there's a creation in the heavens that declare the glory of God. But he, he said... Uh, uh, he said, I, I would like to talk with you further about it. I said, I'd love to talk with you about it. And then as he was fixing to walk off, I said, wait a minute. I said, if you die, where are you going? What's going to happen after you die? It's appointed a man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. He said, you know what? I don't know what is going to happen. I don't believe I'm going to be annihilated. Exactly what he said. He said, I don't believe that. And I said, well... I'll tell you what, according to Jesus, who we're talking about, the teachings of Jesus, who he backed up with his life, his death, his burial, resurrection, either you go to heaven or hell. That's what he said. There's no middle ground. There's no purgatory. Sorry. There's no middle ground. Either you go to heaven or hell. And if you died right now, where would you go? Well, aren't you concerned about it? I said, hey, 
life and death is, life is but a vapor, appear for a little while, vanish away. And he said as he was walking to the car, he said, I really want to talk with you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call you. I'm going to get with you. Now, whether he does or not, I don't know. But I'm saying this, will you give Jesus room in your heart? Go and tell, go and tell, go and tell. Well, number two, the second inoculation, the vaccine, I think that we need to give the Lord today is not only give him room in our heart, and in our home, but secondly, we put the government. Will you put uh, the government of your heart and home on his shoulders? Skip back to Isaiah 6 just for a moment. Turn there, please. Or if you want to, you can just look up on the screen. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, you know what was going on in Isaiah's day? I said, do you know what was going on in Isaiah's day? Do you know what the nation of Judah was experiencing? Dark days. It was troubled times for Judah. That sounds familiar. I said, that sounds like a parallel to modern-day America. Hello? It was troubled days for Judah. Why? According to the documentation of the historians, in 722 B.C., the Assyrians invaded the northern kingdom of Israel, took them into captivity. However, the other invasion by the Babylonians, which was predicted by Jeremiah for 70 years, was looming on the horizon. Isaiah was well aware of that. Consequently, he's warning the people of God, repent, judgment's coming, repent. But in the midst, I said in the midst of a dark night, there's a bright light. I said there's a bright light. I said, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Y'all don't hear me. I said, the darker the night, the brighter the light. I said, today we might be going through darkness, but look up, our redemption draws nigh. Hey, we, we've got to stop looking around and saying, dear Jesus, is hopeless, is helpless. There was hope in the Lord. There's always hope in the Lord. The Lord said, I'm going to be Emmanuel. I'll be with you. And in the midst of this nation, Divided. Somebody told me yesterday, said, you know, Pastor, Russia's laughing at us, whether they, whether they were involved in the cyber, you know, information. Somebody said, they're laughing at us. All they care about America, as long as we stay divided, they got us. Oh, buddy, did you hear what I said? I said, as long as we stay divided, divided we fall, united we stand. So help us who name the name of Jesus to stand in truth, to stand in righteousness, to say as Paul, I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I'm telling you there's coming days as Paul said. Know this. Last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, incontinent, fierce, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Such turn away the truth and be turned to fables. That's First Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 3. Listen to me, beloved. We've got politicians and preachers and so-called leaders in our nation who are twisting the Word of God. They're extracting a verse out of here and a verse out of here and claiming this is the biblical belief. I've got news for you. Many have been deceived by the devil, and if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, know this, they are wolves in sheep's clothing. God give us grace to understand the times in which we're living. 
John said it this way in 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirit. See whether they be of God or not. These who claim that they are reading the Bible, they extract and pull verses out of context and say things contrary to the will of God. The Word of God will never contradict itself. Can I get a witness? Ever, ever, ever. Never, never, never. You say, but pastor, the average Christian, unfortunately, doesn't have spiritual discernment slash perception to know the difference. That's why Peter said, sanctify the Lord your God in your heart. Be ready to answer every man. Of the reason of the hope that's within you with meekness and with fear, sanctify. Be ready to answer apologia, a logical defense. That's why I love it when you come to church. That's why I love it when you bring your Bible. That's why I love it when I hear you're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I love it when you just aren't satisfied with a little religion, but you want to press on. You want to be all that God wants you to be. You want to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're hungry and thirsting after righteousness, and you understand that one day we'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ and have to give an answer for our life. And oh, Oh, may it be so said of many of us, all of his grace, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Yes, 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 Lord. Now we have rewards here, but then the great rewards in heaven. So Isaiah's writing during this time, will you put the government of your heart, your home on his shoulders? Two thoughts. Number one, Jesus Christ is a storm calmer. I said he's able to calm the storm. Many of you are experiencing a storm right now in your life, aren't you? All the election and all the hype and all the bad news and all the stuff that's been going on. You're going through a storm, aren't you? Jesus says, peace be still. He's a storm calmer. And by the way, he's a peace giver. I'm glad to tell you. Oh, yes. Will you put the government of your heart and home on his shoulders? Don't try to carry it around. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. Yes. Yes. He will be able to bear it and carry it. A storm calmer. I stayed back with one of our dear men. I think I saw him a little while ago. Oh, he's here. Wednesday night, Brother William, William Mann and I stayed till 1.30 in the morning after Wednesday night service, talking and praying and sharing about the things which were to here to come and how we could trust God, how we needed had to exercise faith in the Lord. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And oh, yes, yes, storms are coming, but Jesus has a way of allowing the storms, and he has a way of giving us peace in the middle of the storm. Is there anybody here that's been through some storms this year or maybe last year or the year before and had the Lord not have been in your boat, you would have sunk a long time ago, but it was the master of the sea that came stepping out on the waves saying, peace, be still, peace, be still, wind hush, waves hush. He's a storm calmer, and if you hadn't been through a storm, a storm is heading your way. Somebody well said either we're going in a storm coming out of a storm or I've been one, been in one, and right in the middle of one. But anyway, 
So be it. Speaking of putting it on his shoulders, Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son. This is the hope of Israel. And for us, a son is given the government. Mikros is the word for government. It means rule, dominion. I looked it up. Mikros, rule, dominion. His rule and dominion shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor. Say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Say it with me, the Everlasting Father. Say it with me, and the Prince of Peace. He's wonderful in his creation. He's wonderful in his salvation. He's wonderful in every situation. Do you need some counseling today? Are you depressed and down? Go to the great counselor. Oh, he's the mighty God. He is from eternity past. He will be here in eternity future. Yes, the infinite, the infinite of days, the ancient of days rather became the infinite of days. He's the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. I'm going to tell you how strong he is. I had some trees cut down a few months ago. Pine trees about like this. Several of them. And how many know that old show, Let's Make a Deal? Let's Make a Deal. Y'all know you saw that, didn't you? Some of you uh, got some age on you. Let's Make a Deal. I said, here's the deal. You cut them down, I'll clean them up. And so I got the old chainsaw and began to work on cutting them up and such. And, and how many know that's a lot of work, amen? Anyway, had a great big old stump about this big, two or three of them. And I uh, tried to get down there. And I said, well, I bless the Lord, I can roll them. I got the things weighed probably 200, 300, 400 pounds. I don't know, they were heavy, needless to say. I was able to roll some of them, but some of them, and I like to do that, by the way. Don't feel sorry for me. That's my exercise. Man, I, I'm inside and, you know, a lot of uh, stuff. It gives me an outlet sometimes to get out and work in the yard and so forth. But anyway, and, and there was a big stunt there. I said, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I did? I went and got some hand trucks. I went and got some hand trucks. And you know what them hand trucks did? I scooted them hand trucks over to it. I just pushed that little baby up a little bit. I scooted them hand trucks under it. I pulled it back. I rolled that uh, big old log with ease. Why? I put it on some hand trucks. I'll tell you something. If we put our care, our worry, our anxiety, our stress, the things of this world on his shoulders, it'll lighten the load for you and for me. Oh, bless his name. I said, bless his name. I said, the Lord's been good. I said, God's good to us to carry the load. I said, take your burden to the Lord. Leave it there. I said, somebody, you, you're about to cave in. You're about to fall in. You're about to go under. And the Lord says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your soul. There's a third inoculation I think the Holy Ghost wants to give us today. Put the government of our heart and our home on his shoulders. Yes, the increase of the government. And there shall be peace. And there shall be no end. This is referring to the millennial reign. 
By the way, you Bible scholars understand there's a great gap between verse 6 and 7. A span of time. Namely, this will be the fulfillment of that inauguration of his millennial kingdom and uh, establish his judgment and with justice henceforth even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is, will perform this. How many know that today we don't always see justice? Y'all hear me though, God is an on-time God. And God's going to make things right. That's our great comfort and constellation, the constellation in this life that things may not go the way we want them to go and decisions and problems look to be out of God's control, but God said that's going to be payday someday. What a man sows, that's what he reaps. How many believe that? Oh, yes. Justice will prevail. It'll run down like a river. The Lord will not at all acquit the wicked according to Bacchus. I'm telling you this, Psalm 73, it looks like uh, from that uh, perspective where we see things, we only see one side. God sees every side. We're only looking at this side. God said the wicked will be cut down like grass. We ought to tell them the good news. It looks like they get by with a wicked lifestyle. I'm preaching to somebody today. You're tired. You're weary. You say, bless God, I've tried to serve God all these years and commit my life to the Lord, and I can't get ahead because when I take one step forward I take two steps back and God doesn't seem fair I came to tell you today the Lord is always fair yes the Lord is always good if you could just see the other side if you could just see from God's perspective you'd say hallelujah Lord the best is yet to come the best is yet to come so so number three Will you let Jesus guide you by his light? This Christmas and in 2021, quickly, let me address, and you don't have to turn there. You're very familiar with Matthew's gospel. There were the days Jesus was born in Bethlehem. If you lean where Jim's sitting right there, Jim, you lean that way just a little bit to your right. You can see this word right here. I tested it last night when I was setting it up. If you lean just a little bit to this left, your right, my left, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Herod was so ruthless he killed his own children. Nobody wanted to be around him. Behold, there came wise men, magi, these from the east. Many believe this was from, of all places, Iran. <laughs> Get that. And they came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is that born king of the Jews? We've seen a star in the east, and I come to worship him. Now, look, look now, this can be somewhat confusing. They're in the east, let's see, north, south, west, east. Am I right? Y'all help me out. Does that mean yes? I don't have a compass. Thank you, Ronnie. So, so they're in the east. They see the star. If you look at Persia on a map, you'll see it's in the east. Bethlehem is in the way. They see the star. What is that star? Will you let Jesus light your life? This Christmas in 2021, what is that star? Tomorrow. December 21st, Jupiter and Saturn is going to get closer 
and at night. They have not been this close and shined this light tomorrow night in 800 years. Did you know that? Jupiter and Saturn. Now, it happens every 20 years. However, it has not taken place over the, until 800 years ago at night. Some say, could that be the star of Bethlehem? Could this be a pre-Christian a Christmas celestial union? Mark the return of the star. Timing of the upcoming planetary conjunction prompts speculation of ties to biblical tale. But it's likely the story was intended to convey theological rather than astronomical truth. This is an article written by this man, Eric Vanden. This was December the 17th, 2020. And uh, on December the 21st, tomorrow, Jupiter and Saturn will cross paths in the night sky. And for a brief moment, they will appear to shine together as one body. He's saying, could this be? The astronomer Michael Molnar, for example, has argued that the star Bethlehem was an eclipse of Jupiter within the constellation of Aries. Here's the reference that you can uh, derive the same information that I did. I got news for this crowd. It was a supernatural light of Almighty God. Oh, yes, Jesus is called the bright and morning star. He's named and numbered all the stars. Oh, yes, he has. He's the lily of the valley. He knows every hair on our head. Yes, he is Lord indeed, and that star was put there in the sky. Yes, it was. I've got to close. My time's gone. Will you give Jesus one room in your heart, your home? This Christmas. Can I just give you a practical, uh, practical exercise to do if you don't do it already? Before you get with your family and you open gifts, have someone to lead in prayer. Have someone maybe even read the Christmas account. How many know it will bless you? Oh, yeah. Just, just, you know, give Jesus room in your Christmas. And, and then give him room in your coming 2021. And not only that, but... You know, look, put your government upon your heart and home on his shoulders and let him guide you. Oh, Lord, we need your light. Lord, we need direction. Lord, we need your wisdom. We don't know. Tomorrow may bring, but we know you hold tomorrow. Will you get ready for Jesus to come again this time, not in a manger, but in the clouds? I love Luke chapter 1, verse 32, 33. Gabriel, the angel, appeared before Mary. You recall. How can this thing be? Holy Ghost is over going to overshadow you. And you shall call his name. Watch this. You'll call his name uh, Jesus. He'll be great and should be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give him under the throne of his father David. That's going to be fulfilled in the 1,000-year kingdom reign. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, hallelujah, shall be no end. Will you get ready for the coming of the Lord? Will you get ready? He came the first time wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. But, oh, brother, when he comes again, he's going to be wrapped in a vesture, dipped in blood, as John depicts him in Revelation 19. Oh, when he came the first time, he came. Yes, he did. Born to die for our sins. Oh, when he comes again, though, the angels announced when he first came and said, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Today in the city of David is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. Yes, but when he comes again, Michael's going to step out. At least the archangel going to step out on the clouds of heaven. 
with a shout and the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ. Oh, yes, the dead in Christ will rise first. Those of us that are alive and remain caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I'm so grateful to God when he came the first time. Yes, he came as a great physician. He opened blind eyes. He healed lepers. He raised the dead. But when he comes again, he's going to come as a complete healer. Isn't that wonderful? We're going to have a new body. I said, we're going to have a new body. I said, John the Revelator said in Revelation 21 and 4, there's not going to be any more death and no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more tears. The former things are passed away. I want to tell you, when Jesus Christ came the first time, he came to stand before Pilate and Caiaphas in the Sanhedrin. And the Jews said, along with that uh, religious crowd, crucify him, crucify him. Oh, they took him to scourge him and nailed him to an old rugged cross. But he came up out of the grave the third day with the keys to death and hell. I want to tell you, when he comes again... Every knee is going to bow in things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, I want to tell you, brother, sister, we need to get inoculated today with heaven's vaccine because of the deadly diseases in our world. What are you going to do? Are you going to take a shot or not? You need a Holy Ghost shot today. How many need a Holy Ghost shot today? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I need a Holy Ghost shot today. You need a Holy Ghost shot today. All the bad news, all the stuff going around. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We worship you. Jesus, prepare us. Prepare us, Lord. Prepare us mentally, physically spiritually, emotionally, financially, and relationally in every other way. Oh, Lord, Lord, you know what's coming, and we pray now that we'd give you room. We'd give our heart and home, the government of this nation, and even our communities on your shoulders. What we can't control, we'll put it in your hands. Oh, Father, help us to do what we can do. Like you told Mary, do what you can. She had done what she could. I pray you'll make us great witnesses, Father, as the shepherds went and told. Yes, Lord, the good news in a bad news world. And God, I pray for the touch of the Holy Ghost of God upon men and women and boys and girls in this place today that are carrying heaven burdens and that are discouraged and downtrodden. And, oh, Lord, the enemy is attacking. And I thank you for victory in the blood of Jesus. And God, we just trust you now to... Oh, Lord, to shine your light on our steps. For you said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Lord, we need wisdom. We need your grace for the race until we see you face to face. And we'll bless you throughout all eternity. Oh, blessed Jesus, because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.